Welcome back to the Broncast. And podcast. I'm Donnie Whiteman. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too early? That was perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> A podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. There we go. That's the timing we wanted. We're two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about Broncos from Generation 1 all the way through Generation 6. The Broncast is sponsored by Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to build a Bronco from the ground up. Today we're going to be talking about why Ford stopped making the Bronco for 25 years. What a bunch of punks. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe some new Bronco owners probably don't know that they didn't make it for yeah, 25 years. I know. Like new Bronco owners are probably like, wait, what? There's There was a Bronco before the one that came out in 2021? <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Gen, Gen 6 would mean that there were previous. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yep. But before we uh, go into that, yeah. let's go back 25 years. Let's. What did you do last week? Yeah, I actually, so I've talked about my job. The, the thing that makes me money is uh, I do video production full time. And so right now I'm working on a project that has nothing to do with automotive, Broncos, cars, nothing. I'm actually shooting a documentary about an African-American female boxer who she's just like this beast of a boxer um, back in the early 90s. And uh, she, trying to think she was blind in one eye, but she won two national titles and one world championship title. Uh, in what, what was her name? Eva Young. So... Yeah, pretty cool. So shooting a documentary with her. She's still alive. She's actually, she's doing a, I don't know what they call it, exhibition fight um, where they don't really fight. But uh, it, I think that was the, in Rocky, the fight with Mr. T. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. supposed to be exhibition and he all came out swinging. Um, so yeah, she has one of those that she's training for in Hawaii, I think. so. Isn't that a huge disadvantage, boxing with one arm? One eye. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> One eye. <laughs> one eye. Yeah. She has both eyes. She just can't see out of one eye. She was born blind. And uh, uh, yeah. So she can literally only see, I think it's like as far as her f arm reaches. So like you had to, you know, for her to like see who she was going to hit, she had to get within striking distance. So pretty, pretty interesting story. What have you been working on? Oh, well, compared to that, nothing <laughs> of any interest. <laughs> no, actually, uh, wait, I, I went um, to Viva Chassis, uh, Viva Broncos. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's now under new ownership. Kurt Strecker used to race Broncos, yeah. you know, starting like 53 years ago. And uh, builder, racer, manufacturer of Bronco parts, competing with what, those. What was Did they have the logo with the hair coming down on the lady? <laughs> yeah, that was covering, Viva Broncos t-shirt. fully covering anything inappropriate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was them. And uh, so that was back in California. I think he started in like 1969. Wow. And then Kurt handed the reins over to uh, Josh Butcher, and uh, who's been a Bronco enthusiast since I think like age nine. His parents bought a 66 Roadster, and uh, I saw it. It's mint. Wow. I mean, even the the inserts that you step through and everything, the truck is 100% there. 
Um, That's cool. And then they have new Broncos. And uh, but while I was up there picking up a chassis, uh, I also met Andy that works with him as VP of production, something like that. And uh, he's had. He told me he's had 150 early Broncos in his lifetime. And uh, wow. I'm like, wow, uh, like over or just under? And he goes, no, I kept a log every VIN. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, and he has a new Bronco. It's that uh, hot pepper red. So, you know, it's a oh, hot, yeah. it'd be a hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah, it's the a red, Sasquatch. Red hot chili pepper red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he has a vintage one painted the same color with the new, that new red. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, oh, that's it, cool. It was pretty neat. But they're going to be um, assembling complete chassis rollers, or if you want them um, with a drivetrain, you know, Dana axles, uh, transfer case, engine, transmission, the whole nine yards. Nice. But they're actually using all of Tom's new parts underneath it. Wow. That's really cool. That that really makes uh, a cool product for sure, like being able to put all new parts under, uh, you know, on your chassis and uh, really have a, a nice rolling chassis to, to start with is super nice. Yeah. So you could literally just take a new body or your restored body or your unrestored body and just set it on top and go. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty sweet. Or your fiberglass body. Oh yeah. I forgot about those. Yeah. Man, that's a cool project for sure. And yeah, I have a, I have a flyer from them about their event coming up in July. Um, I think it's the, around the 4th of July up in Wabash, Indiana. Yeah. 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 So new shop opening, having, or not, they're not new, but having a, a new event We'll add it to the list of Bronco events coming up. So if you're in the Indiana area, then you should check that out. Or the, I guess the Northeast. Is that Northeast? It's north of Indianapolis. Yeah. Kind of kind of dead center. Central. But north. Yeah. Central East. Yeah. They're like uh, maybe an hour and a half from the Silver Lake Dunes. Oh, Which cool. is like Indiana, Ohio, Chicago, where they kind of oh, all yeah. come together. Yeah. yeah. That's where I was last week. Really? Yeah. I was like 45 minutes outside of Chicago um, in Indiana. I wonder if I was near what I might have been right near them. That's funny. Well, cool. If you notice on our table, we've got some pretty sweet Ozark mugs that are definitely not holding any adult beverages, but just a, you know, coffee or tea. Um, But uh, one of our fans was like, hey, um, can I make you guys some mugs for the show? And I was like, yes, that would be amazing. Um, so I sent him our logo and he put it on there. And, uh, so a huge shout out to 615 customs for hooking us up with some really cool show cups. Um, it was Josh Cresswell and, uh, yeah, we'll put, we'll put a link to his, his site um in the description below if you want to get something sweet like this maybe we'll sell some of these we have to get one for our podcast producer mr josh toller back there oh you know we we could get a get some and give them away too Ooh, yeah like if you leave us if you leave us a uh, review oh yeah oh we cheers cheers good idea yeah we we did that (laughs) got some good reviews oh yeah see it's perfect just drinking and a frosty beverage out of there. Um, yeah, I got some good reviews from our last giveaway and uh, gave away one of those Tom's Off-Road cars. 
That was pretty fun. Um, I don't think we've mentioned this, but I know a lot of you guys listen to the podcast while you're driving around and you don't necessarily watch it, which is totally fine because we cut it up and we don't post the whole episode a lot of times on YouTube anymore. Um, we'll just do little chunks of it and, and stuff like that. Um, cause we want you listening to it on, on the, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. But a couple of weeks ago we went to Jimmy Golden's and the, it, it was, I'm still talking about it, you know, like it was just a crazy cool experience. And I think I called it in the podcast, I called it Bronco heaven. Um, <laughs> yeah. cause it, yeah, Jimmy had 20 something Broncos, 23 Broncos or something. Uh, him and his dad, between him and his dad, or uh, around the family, and uh, he just walked us through what what was rare about the Bronco, um, or what was rare about these Broncos, and the podcast was great. But if if you haven't yet gone and watched the YouTube video, I would definitely go watch it because it just takes it to another experience. You really get to be in that space, and I tried to run behind the, the camera and, and film a little bit, but then I'd set it down and talk to him. And, um, but yeah, so it was, it was really cool. Uh, that, that was our first remote in, uh, gun shops. Yes. Kept going yes. off. Like, <laughs> we both stop and look and Jimmy is like, Oh, that's normal. Yeah. Trespassers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept going. And they, it sounded like a, a big caliber. It did not sound like a 22. <laughs> you know, it was like, I was like, huh, that might be a 50 cal. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Well, are you ready to jump into our podcast for today? Yeah, let's do a DIY PAY. Yeah, for sure. Do you do it yourself or do you pay someone to do it? Yeah, if this is your first time uh, listening to the podcast or if you haven't been here when we've done one of these, Donnie and I kind of have different approaches. Like Donnie owns a Bronco shop. So... You know, when he talks about stuff, he's like, you should pay someone to do this work because he needs to get paid. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's like, that's what he does. You know, he takes people's Broncos and, um, well, he doesn't really fix people's Broncos, but, you know, it's like he he has a Bronco shop. So, um, uh, but me, on the other hand, I do everything myself and figure it out as I go. Like, I have a YouTube channel where I put out how-to videos for the Bronco enthusiasts, you know? So it's like, I love figuring stuff out and, and figuring out how to do something. Um, and so, yeah, today we thought we would kind of talk through, since you went and picked up a new chassis uh, from, from Viva, thought we'd kind of talk through chassis. Is it a DIY or is it a PAY? What, uh, you know, what, what are... What are we, what are we looking at with a chassis? So, um, right behind me here, this beautiful Bronco is my restoration that I've been working on for the last two years, which it should, I should be further along than I am. <laughs> um, but I, you know, basically when I picked up my, when I bought this Bronco, all I bought was the chassis pretty much. Like I, you know, that was the only thing that was usable, um, on this in the axles, like that was usable. Um, but a lot of people are doing that these days. You know, a lot of people are just basically picking, you know, buying a Bronco for the VIN number. 
Um, and so kind of taking, taking that approach and looking at it, um, and, and looking at that. So what'd you do with a body? What body? The, you mean you don't have a body? I don't have a, I didn't, I didn't take the body. I, don't, I have no body. <laughs> nobody. That, nobody, nobody. No, the Bronco body. Like I left there, it. I literally left it in the field. I took the glove box door. I took the glove box door and the hard top. I sold it. Like, yeah, it was all worthless. How did you get the body off the chassis? Well, it was actually already off. So it was an easy, like, the, uh, they were separated. So already. you just kicked it to the curb? Yeah. I was, I mean, kudzu was growing through it. Like, you could barely see the body. Like, so looking back, I kind of wish I would have actually taken it, but it was worthless. And I knew, I knew this was the approach that I was going to take because I, I'm not the kind of guy, I'm not like you where I can build a Bronco body. <laughs> uh, I would, I would not, that does not sound fun to me. So I left the body. So you just restored a chassis and I just picked one up. Yeah. Yeah. So we have two totally different perspectives on this. So would you DIY or PAY you, as far as restoring a chassis? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So I think, so what I did was stripped it all down, powder coated the frame, powder coated the axles and rebuilt it. Um, I did not uh, rebuild my own axles. I had uh, Carl Strum over at Tennessee Classic Trucks do it. And he did him, him and his son did a fantastic job. I filmed the whole process. Um, and so like there's stuff on there that I would say is a five wrench kind of job. Like, um, you know, on, on our DIY PAYs, we kind of talk about how many wrenches it would take to do something. Um, you know, rebuilding your axles is probably a five wrench job, but just cause there's a lot of tools, there's a lot of things that you need to do it well you don't necessarily need them to do it, but to do it well, you need them. So there's stuff like that with the chassis that's difficult, but most of the other stuff on the chassis is to me, very easy suspension, super easy. I got the two and a half inch lift from Tom's off road. Um, and that was a, a piece of cake to, to put on without the body on, without axles on, without the tires in the way, like you had nothing in the way, you know, it was just like, you just throw them on and, and you're done. Uh, I think torquing the bolts down is probably the hardest part. Getting the, getting the radius arms on is a little bit challenging, but, um, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Like I felt like it was a huge accomplishment when I finished the chassis and got it to the point that it's in, we put the body on it already. So you can't see it all, but it's, you know, it's done other than drivetrain. Um, it's, it's basically done. So, um, you know, that was, that was really rewarding for me. Um, so overall, because of rebuilding axles, I would say it's a five wrench job, but without rebuilding axles, it's probably a two or a three wrench job just takes a little bit of time. Uh, what about you? What would you say? Well, you know, I have that chassis. So, and you can buy a new chassis starting around $2,800, maybe plus shipping. So you can get a new chassis relatively inexpensive, but what you lack is a VIN that's on the frame. Right. So, you know, that's a whole nother subject going down that road, uh, yeah. the options and things you can do there. But we I have do, that, we have that to talk about in another episode, like how to get 
titling and vins and all that kind of stuff for an early Bronco. But yeah. But yeah, with the chassis, so I took it bare metal. You can get them powder coated in black usually or gray. So you can get it either way. Sometimes they offer spray painting, but it seems like everybody's going powder coated these days. Um, but I wanted it bare metal because I'm going to cut everything off and put everything back because I'm going to build something crazy. Yeah. So I, I need a bigger engine in there. So the frame's not wide enough at the front. Yeah. The mounts and the, the spring perches. So, but yeah, b- but after that, like if you were to just buy that chassis, you can still title it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you just won't have your VIN on the frame. So, you know, you can cut that out, keep it with the truck. Um, but then it's just the assembly. Like you said, once that's done, you just, you're just like building a model almost. Yeah. What would, what would someone, you know, someone's listening to this, what would they, why would they want a, a new chassis, um, you know, like from Viva versus just using their own? Like, yeah, what would, what would be, why would someone look at getting a new chassis versus using one that they have? Oh, well, like I just bought a Bronco. Maybe I just bought a VIN, but the chassis is rusted in half. So after the body rusts away, it, the frame starts rusting away and it depends on if it lived its life life up north snow plowing yeah. or driving or it was the only vehicle that would get out when they salted the roads you know um they're going to be really rusty and you know all the frame mounts rust as you know you know they, yep. they go from a nice perfect round hole to this giant crater <laughs> you know with rough edges and you can buy all those parts and replace the bumper mounts things like that but you get into a lot of work when you got a really crusty rusted out chassis I mean, you end up spending you know if you don't do the work i mean you could spend another twenty five hundred dollars buying steel and having all that replaced and yeah you're keeping your original vin which is nice but you know you've got powder coating and then everything else you could have four or five grand in that chassis yeah yeah and i think another thing would be if it's been in a, a wreck you know, a lot of times, especially how the Bronco is designed, it doesn't have very many of the supports down the middle. So when, you know, if you get hit from behind and that, you know, that part of the frame is hit, then most likely it might only be a little bit, but most likely your frame is now just tweaked just a little bit. So when you go to put a new body on, when you go to put, Mm -hmm. you know, new stuff on you may be like oh my gosh i just bought a brand new body and it doesn't fit you and know, the doors the, don't close the builder is at fault you know but really what's wrong is your chassis has you know in the 50 years that it's been living life has been damaged at some point along the way and and it's just off that little bit and it's going to cause you a ton of headaches to try to fix it. We took Tim's truck that he had bought from his father-in-law and stripped it down to the chassis. Uh, you know, we had, there were fish coming out or shrimp coming out of the transmission. It was in <laughs> Katrina. Oh, you know, it's just like wow. salt water. Like you expected the oil to come out. But wow. as we, we ended up tearing it all the way down to the frame. And then Mark put it on his frame rack and it was, it was bent like three different ways. It was Jeez. twisted, uh, curved, and uh, like banana shape. <laughs> so in the end, you know, we straightened his chassis out and then started the build. But what's ironic is it is the only part of the original truck that we used. And it took two more trucks to make one wow. complete vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that's just, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know? And it's like, man, yeah. So if you're going to spend the money and, you know, buy a new body or something like that, like you might want to make sure that your frame, your chassis, we keep saying chassis, your frame is straight, um, you know, so that your body sits straight. We were working on someone else's and they had like six washers stacked up Uh, under one side for that same reason, you know, it's like you, you start getting it off and all of a sudden you're like, nothing fits, you know, nothing works. Um, and yeah, your door gaps are going to be the dead giveaway for sure. If you're, if you're doing that. So what would you say? Would you DIY or PAY? Uh, you know, if you have tools, I would DIY everything, but maybe the axles. Yeah. And, uh, I like a new frame. Yeah. But you can weld on an old frame, so. That's true. That's true. Well, your new frame is nice. We were looking at it, comparing it. He has it sitting right on top of another old frame. And it's cool just seeing like everything lined up. The welds, I would say, are a hundred thousand times better than the Ford factory welds <laughs> on that. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, moving on, uh, we haven't had a uh, a Bronco history section of our podcast in a while. Um, it's been a long time. So we thought we would uh, kind of pick up a little bit where we left off. And today uh, we wanted to talk about why did Ford stop the Bronco? You know, we've, we've been talking through the history of the, the Bronco. We've gone from why they started it all the way up through the the Gen 5 Bronco, which stopped in 1996. Um, but yeah, we just kind of wanted to go through like, man, why is it that the production line stopped after 30 years of making the Bronco? Like, what was it? And I, I don't know. To me, two words pop in my head. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> June 17th, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I ultimately don't think that was the reason that they stopped it, but I do think that was not a help. <laughs> yeah. Murder and, and being chased by the LAPD. I think it's the slowest police chase on record and longest slowest and longest. Wow. Yeah. Slowest speed and longest and wow. Yeah. So that was 94. Yeah. Yeah. Two years before they actually stopped. Okay. Okay. And that wasn't even OJ's Bronco. That was Al, what was that? I have it written. Al Cowling's Bronco. Yeah. Like his buddy. They had matching Broncos. That is They were identical. Two white Broncos. Yeah. But Al picked him up. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. So here's a spin for marketing. If you want to get away from a murder scene, get a Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, on that day at the Ford plant, can you imagine all the guys in the assembly line? Well, there were a couple guys in, in one of the break rooms. Sonari Glinton talks about this. He was working on the assembly line. Uh, he was in there and the TV was on and a co-worker said, oh, you better buy some Ford stock. He goes, that's a commercial. That's a Bronco commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. It was on TV for hours. I mean, it, it actually, it did sell more Broncos. Like, it actually did. In, I mean... I don't know if they can trace it back to that, but um, they did have, especially in California, the Bronco sales <laughs> went up after that, uh, that in that summer, that moment. Um, and uh, I think they had a, a, one of the places had a summer sale program 
planned months before the murder and sold out of 200 white Broncos first. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone was like, oh, that's a cool white Bronco. OJ has it. Let's buy it. <laughs> well, you know, they, they buy and ship white Broncos and white vehicles. All dealerships do in the summer, especially in states like California and Florida. But they said they had people coming into the dealerships just to get pictures with the Bronco. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you know, the OJs, the actual white Bronco, is on display at the Museum of Crime in Pigeon Forge. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's just a few miles from Super Celebration East, but it never seems to make the tour stop yeah, on all the daily that's drives. Good, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, we, it's next. So I think they keep these in the basement, but it's uh, it's in the basement next to John Wayne Gacy's clown outfits and uh, Ted Bundy's Beetle. What? Yeah. And then a few feet away is the white Bronco. Oh, so it is like legit in it's the like, crime crime it, area. Yeah. That's that's amazing. All right. So we talked about the fifth generation Bronco. Came out uh, 91 to 96. Was that it? 92 to 96? Four years. Um, and really, you know, Bronco had really established their name from 1966 through that fifth generation of being an off-road vehicle. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a luxury, comfy, um, you know, like we said that when the third generation came out, like they had a lot of comfy options and they tried to option it out like that, but they were always hitting the off-road market. They was always driven like an off-road vehicle it was always the you know farm vehicle it was always the the vehicle because it could it could go anywhere go over all terrain like that's that's what it it, it had gotten and in the consumer's mind it was an off-road vehicle and i think you know really ford was looking at this going we can't rebrand like we can't change the bronco enough to change the brand like it's always going to be an off-road vehicle and the market wasn't wanting an off-road vehicle anymore. They wanted, you know, it was, it, we, we were coming into the soccer mom era, you know, think about the nineties. Like that was, you know, the, the perfect family that had the white picket fence who, you know, three kids loaded in, piled into the minivan, mom took them to soccer practice and hockey practice and, you know, to the mall and like all this stuff. But no one wanted to get in a two door Bronco. No one wanted to climb through the back seat to, you know, like, you know, and mom would always ah, shut up. And, you know, like the kids yelling in the back that they have to sit in the back and, you know, so it was like you wanted that that minivan kind of thing, a nice sliding door, or at least just four doors, maybe even a third row seating, like maybe extra room in the back. So we kind of hit the the place at that time period where the the average consumer wasn't looking for a Bronco. Well, no, and, and station wagons weren't cool anymore. Right. So you had minivans. Yes. <laughs> Yes, totally. Like those are cooler. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But dude, that sliding door. There's a Toyota Toyota there's a Toyota commercial where a guy opened both of his sliding doors and a dolphin jumped through. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> of wow. his minivan. It was like, oh, Toyota Sienna is trying to make minivans cool. And so it was like the cool dad. But it totally was. It was it was the you know, I I, I love that soccer mom era. Um, you know, kind of, kind of thing, but Ford was, Ford was stopping 
the the Bronco and later after they stopped the Bronco, they came out with the Explorer. Right. Um, you know, and that was the four door answer. Well, Ford doesn't like to say that they killed the Bronco, right? <laughs> especially after the OJ thing. Um, <laughs> but they were all set to roll out the rest of this new SUV line. You know, they had the Explorer, the Expedition, the Excursion, and then the Escape, <laughs> spelled <laughs> just like Escape. Yeah. Um, you know, and the the Bronco just didn't fit in with that. You know, yeah. it had two doors, but I, I think the millennials are the ones that really killed the Bronco during that period because, you know, they were everywhere. You had three or four of them in the back seat and car seats and they needed their own doors. So I'm going to blame this <laughs> on the millennials. Privileged millennials yeah. needing their own doors. That's why the Bronco went away. <laughs> Ford had a bunch of E's, but no room for a B. That's right. Explore, escape, expedition. Wasn't, wasn't it the Explorer that became the Exploder because yeah. of all the tire like all the tires that would pop, um, or the transmissions, <laughs> yeah, all the, all of the above. So yeah, what what comes next? What what happened next? Nothing. From 1996 through 2021, we had 25 years of no Bronco. You know, they actually did make a, uh, I think it was a Bronco Explorer, uh, or they tried to badge the Bronco. Was that in the Sonari podcast they were talking about? Yeah, there there are some great episodes. Episodes six, seven, and eight and bring back Bronco. Sonari Glinton just does a fantastic job of talking about this whole era. And and then he starts to go into the attempts to bring the Bronco back by certain people within Ford. Um, you know, and they they go by the Bronco Underground, and oh, you know yes. you can see these guys in meetings going, you know, they're like, "What are we going to do?" It's like I, I have an idea, bring the Bronco back, and they're yeah. like, "Shut up for the last <laughs> time." Yeah, I mean, but they what was interesting was Ford purposefully kept the Bronco name. You know, it was like um, they they badged one of the Explorers. Literally one, a single Explorer, they badged it as a Bronco and it's sitting in some showroom somewhere. And that's like one of one. But because of that, they're able to keep like the copyright of the name Bronco. They're able to keep, you know, the trademark. That's what it is. The trademark of the name Bronco as a vehicle. So Ford wanted to keep it. There are enough people who said, let's not lose this. Um, but yeah, it was it was 25 years of then trying to get the Bronco back, and I think I think Sonari's podcast "Bring Back Bronco" is a great great listen if you're uh, on a road trip or something like that and want to want to just kind of sit through sit through some Bronco history. That's really uh, really well done by by Sonari. Well, we're uh, running out of time for this episode, um, but yeah, the best part of that story is the the Bronco Underground and and all of that development and the and the launch and all that. Stuff. We need to just do another uh, another episode on the Bronco Underground. Yeah, like you said, maybe get one of those guys to that come on with us. Yes, and, if uh, you, if you know anyone who is a part of the Bronco Underground, we would love to interview them. Yeah, and we can talk about um, there three. I think it was three attempts to actually bring the truck back. They took one to Florida, which was that four door you were talking about, a rebadged. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was an Explorer or an Expedition, and then 
there was the Centurion. Oh yeah, this is a giant truck like the Excursion, and uh, we can talk about all that. That's, but we're out of time for today. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Thank you for watching. Um, definitely click that subscribe button and stay in the know whenever we post a new episode. We usually post our our episodes on Monday, so uh, be on the lookout. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.